And welcome to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. You can guess it, I'm not Bob. You've got Matt right now. You can find me at Horizon Matt. Um, actually, Bob is here, though. Go ahead and say hi, Bob. Hello, everybody. Um, there are reasons that this is happening in reverse. You can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. Um, but there are reasons that are, this is happening in reverse that are, um, yeah, I don't want to get into it, but yes. <laughs> And also joining us today is John Parker, and you can find John at JJParker084. Hey guys, how's it going today? We're doing all right here. So, a lot of things going on this week in the world of sports and hey, just the you real gotta world. On, uh, oh, yeah, don't forget, you got to follow us on Twitter at HorizonRT. Yeah, see, you usually do all that good stuff and talk about what you find and, us. And, you can follow us on the, and you can, you know, you can uh, find everything online at horizonroundtable.com. You know the deal. They know where to find us at this point. Subscribe subscribe to us on all the podcast apps, you know. But see, this is, yeah. It, it's a, yeah, it, yeah. This is a little different uh, thing. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll shut up now. Yeah, it's my turn, Bob. No, I'm just kidding. So, a uh, lot going on in the world right now. Um, and here's our our moment about that. Um, we wanted to try to get some African-American athletes from the horizon, either current or former to talk about what's going on, because let's be real. Me, Bob and John were three white guys and we don't have a voice in this. And that's for all the right reasons. Um, and we weren't able to get anybody on with us right now. So what we're hoping is sometime this week, we're going to do a bonus episode and, and talk about what's going on in the world right now, what that means for athletes, horizon athletes, you know, and just give them a platform to talk. But our thought is let's not do that today because you don't need to hear from the three of us about that. So know that that's coming. Um, we're not ignoring it, and uh, it's really important. So we're going to get to that hopefully sometime this week. Um, so, John, going forward, the first thing I want to talk about today, um, and you've been kind of the point man on, on this for the Rise on Roundtable the whole time. What's going on? Green Bay's got a coach all of a sudden. They do. Uh, they went with Will Ryan, who is kind of a name who popped up late in the game. Uh, it is Bo Ryan's son. He spent a lot of time with Saul Phillips, first at North Dakota State, then at Ohio. Um, after their staff was let go, he went to a Division II school, Wheeling, and he, um, he coached there for one year, had a record, I want to say it was a game above 500, but it was kind of a similar situation um, to to what Cleveland State went through this year where, yeah, they were a game above 500, but that was way more than, you know, what the expectation was. So it's it's an encouraging move, um, definitely. Uh, for those of us that are like me and we're, we're stupid to the Wisconsin system, can you kind of explain what this means to, like, how that because aren't a lot of those schools kind of connected and I mean isn't isn't there kind of a, a an inroad to how this has happened in the past and what that could mean going forward and how everything kind of works up that way? Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, John, you're muted. There you are. Hey, John. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so the one thing that people have kind of been wondering about, you know, with him being in his second year head coaching. Uh, there were some kind of rumors swirling. Maybe he could get his dad on board. Doubt that. But one name that was brought up that was kind of interesting is uh, former Wisconsin assistant Gary Close, who was with Bo Ryan for quite a while. 
Um, and then there's kind of been speculation with obviously Bull Ryan's top assistant when he stepped out, uh, Greg Gard being the head coach at Wisconsin, that the possibility for uh, Green Bay to host the Badgers might now be back on the table just because it is, you know, it, it's kind of, I mean, all in the family in more way than more ways than one. Yeah, and what is it about like the Wisconsin schools and just the way it always kind of seems to stay in the family? You know, some of the names that other names that were linked are all all in the family. You, you said it. That's really the best way. Like, what? What? Why is that up there? Is it just that close knit of a community? Really interesting to me was that um, what we were kind of hearing as far as why Link Darmer was let go was a bad fit more than anything, um, and obviously. Dick Bennett having been, you know, the most successful coach at Green Bay, uh, very defensive minded as opposed to what they currently have, which was just run up and down the court and try to score a hundred. Um, and yeah, I mean, Ryan actually went to UW Milwaukee. So <laughs> that was a little bit interesting, but um, like, the Bennett's, the, the, the whole Ryan tree is more defensive minded. Um, so in that regard, it definitely makes sense. And obviously, um, you know, both through his own experiences and through, you know, who his father is, he has connections throughout the state. So um, I think kind of bringing it closer to home, even if it was a guy who did attend your rival, um, it, it made sense in this instance. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I, I always feel silly. Like the Wisconsin schools in general just seem to be the biggest, like unknown to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what this really tells me, you know, like I saw something like, doesn't he kind of have his own system on offense that they're wondering if he's going to bring with him? Like, and you know, you talked about the defensive schemes, like what, what do you think that's going to mean for green Bay for next year in your opinion? So that's actually one thing I know when we were initially discussing it, one of our questions was who's going to transfer out, who's going to stay. Uh, would there be culture shock from, um, you know, potentially going from an up-tempo, you know, not so much defense system to uh, one that is heavily focused on defense with them deciding to go that route. Um, I, it, Sounds like it probably won't be a big deal just because you already had uh, Tank Hempel make his decision to go to Drake. You already had Amari Davis make his decision to stay put. And those are really going to be the two big pieces. Um, so, so, I mean, I, I guess from here, potentially it could be about, you know, some of the recruits. Um, I know, obviously Terrence Thompson uh, from lacrosse, you know, going with a local or a guy with, you know, strong local connections could kind of ease some of that. I mean, I, I would have to imagine. So it's, that's the, the move seems to make sense. Again, I'm not going to pretend to be the biggest Wisconsin and green Bay knowledgeable person. Um, I wish I was smarter about them, but um, I mean, from the outside, that seems to make sense. You know, it kind of does bring everything back back in and that's you know gonna help to keep people there to you know open that recruiting and you know really try to hone in back to getting players from that are local 
Yeah, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see if, you know, that, that local connection will be enough. We've, I mean, obviously, when it was Bennett's son deciding to get back into it, everything worked out pretty great for Tony. Um, that might be setting the bar a little bit high, but, uh, I mean, I think there's definitely the possibility that, you know, when you look at his resume overall, there were probably a couple guys that were mentioned who I liked a little bit better, but it's definitely encouraging that he had the year of experience coaching, you know, running a program and that it did seem to go, you know, better than expected. And then, um, I mean, the name, it, it does add a little bit of value for sure. And, you know, I guess if you're going to fire your coach when, when they did a kind of out of the blue coming off of success, you, you almost have to follow it up. This seems probably the best they could have done, all all things considered. Yeah, yeah. and the um, numbers I was seeing thrown around for what he was going to make were quite a bit lower. I mean, even lower than what um, Link Darner made, which does limit, you know, the potential pool of candidates. I know Brad Soderberg had been listed as a candidate, but he would have been taking a huge pay cut. Um, it's not out of the question, but, you know, when you're talking about, I mean, maybe it'll come out that it was closer to what Garner was making, but I saw about 200,000 thrown around as the number. And when you're talking about that much money, I mean, you're not going to, you know, get, uh, you know, a Dane Fife at Michigan State for $200,000. No. <laughs> Dane, Dane is sitting quite nicely where he's at right now. I'm sure no hurry to go anywhere. But, um, I mean, like I said, it seems to be the best hire. You know, he it was didn't seem to be on anyone's radar, and I'm going to guess that's just because he had just taken over his other gig. No one expected him to, to jump ship as fast as he did. But all things considered, it seems to be about the best that they could probably ask. And like you said, it's not going to be a very high-paying job, so you weren't going to pull any – major you know power five you know head coach or assistant coaches or anything like that so seems to be a good hire um next week we are going to have and i, I apologize because i'm going to butcher this last name brian kuklinski who is uh with wisconsin green bay so um hopefully he can give us even more information about what's going on what we can expect anything that he might have heard so gonna look forward to uh breaking that down any further yeah um but yeah it's, it's okay so so everyone's got a coach, and except for maybe IUPUI, who may or may not have a coach in Byron Rim, we still don't really know. So I guess he's the coach because no one said he's not. I'm, right. I don't know what's what the situation really is there anymore. No one knows. So that's just a whole unknown mess in itself. But hey, Green Bay's got a coach again, so that's a step in the right direction for them and good for the league. Um, Bob, did you want to add anything on on the on this situation, or are you, you all set on it? Um, yeah, except, um, it is total, I'm sure you might've mentioned this already, but it's a total coincidence, total coincidence that next episode, we're going to have Byron Kuklinski on talk all about this. I Uh, did mention that actually. I did my job. Yes. Total coincidence. Um, yeah. Cause we, we booked him about a month ago before this whole thing happened. So now we're going to have plenty of questions for him because I'm sure he'll have plenty of answers. I hope he's got answers. Cause it seems, cause it sounds like they've met. So, I mean, of course they've met. Um, that was, so yeah, that's, 
I, I, I'll be interested to see how this goes. I do will say this. I think it is the fact that Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan. Okay, wrong Ryan. Matt, of course, is the quarterback for the. I'm going to do this multiple times, by the way. Just pick um, a Ryan. Any oh, Ryan will do. Pick a Ryan. Pick a Ryan. Will Ryan. Matt Save Ryan. Private Rick Ryan. Ryan. Rob Ryan. Um, Meg Ryan. Um, <laughs> I'd let Meg Ryan coach. That'd be a good time. Yeah, didn't she have a? Didn't she do a movie where she was a coach or something like? Anyway, Will Ryan. Um, but I, I do see kind of a trend with the Horizon League now, where they're getting to a point. You know, I mean, obviously, Mike Mike Davis notwithstanding where there's kind of a youth movement going on in the Horizon League. You look at the, the recent hires over the past few years. You look at, you know, Jared Calhoun. You look at Dennis Gates. You look at Luke Yaklich. And now you look at Will Riot. I mean, these are young guys. So I think um, it, I'm, I'm, it's interesting to see kind of this youth movement going on in the, uh, in the Horizon League. Um, I, I maybe we're, it's a sign of things to come, hopefully. I worry that it is a sign. I worry that it is a sign of things to come, but I don't think it's necessarily a good sign. If these are young coaches that are really getting that first good, big taste of head coaching experience and going to jump ship in a couple of years, the horizon is going to become a stepping stone for in a lot of different ways. And I, I worry what that might look like going forward. Well, but. if if the if the John Brandon Darren Horn situation is any indication, it is a. I, I look at it as in the, the an opportunity really to, you know, kind of transition, you know, build something and then hand it off to the next guy, next man up. I don't know, but that's just me. I don't know. Yeah, no, that you you could be right. That could be exactly what I, we're we seeing. I mean, the way the Horizon League has been going, we need to be right on this. Man, Bob, it's like Bob and John. It's like things are starting to change in the Horizon. You know. Our, Oddly enough, there was another rumor of a change for the Horizon League coming. Uh, Robert Morris University is being rumored by all kinds of people to be on their way into the league, which, you know, we, we've heard that rumor before. We've speculated. We've talked about it before. But but now we're hearing it from all the NCAA types that they might make the, ch- the jump. It's either going to be us or the MAAC. Um, and I wanted them here once upon a time, and I would welcome them again. I would like it more than a, a couple of the recent moves, but um, one thing I would that kind of worries me is up until this year, they had kind of slipped in the mid uh, 2010s. They were definitely the class of the conference. Um, recently, they've really, really, much like Cleveland State, been just beaten down by the graduate transfer rule um, and they're just losing a ton of talent. So up until this year, they had a couple 500 years in conference and then an 11 and seven year. And then they finally kind of broke up and they were, they were contending this year. Um, It's interesting because in so many, like in terms of them being a private school, the Mac is all private schools. uh, And in that regard, I think they'd be a, a good fit there. Though geography, even though they're you know they're obviously a lot further from like Milwaukee than they are from any of the schools um, in the Metro Atlantic, they are 
they're, they would be the outlier in the Metro Atlantic, whereas they're, you know, not that far from Youngstown in the horizon. So it, it, geographically, in a weird way, they make more sense for the horizon, but in a lot of other ways, I think they make more sense for the Metro Atlantic. I do worry from uh, a travel standpoint, just because we know with what's going on with all the COVID stuff that, you know, travel is going to be an issue in general. So expanding, you know, the league just a little bit further east, you know, I know they're, they're not far from Youngstown, but just that little bit extra expansion might might be an issue. Maybe not. Um, it also kind of makes some weird travel partners if they continue the travel partner situation. Um it just kind of slides some things around. So you're not, I'm not really sure what the best combination is. It really becomes UIC. You're not sure who to pair them with, but yeah, um, yeah it just the, they, they, they pose a couple weird things. I think one of the coolest things about them is they just, they have a brand new arena. It's 4,000 seats, um, which I think is the perfect size venue for, you know, a good mid major basketball arena, you know, like you're going to, you can fill it. It can be loud, but you know you don't need more than that. You don't need a fifteen thousand seat arena that you've got a curtain off, and you know you still only have two hundred people there. So I, I like what they they bring um, as a program, and um, I, I think that's important for the Horizon League. You know, and the Horizon League is bigger than bas- than men's basketball. I should say that, um, and that's something that that's like my my new personal mission is to kind of help push things more than just men's basketball, at least through my personal Twitter or. But um, Robert Morris does play baseball, I believe, and that's always a big thing for for us in the Horizon League to make sure that we have the right numbers there. Um, you know, the IOPUI edition was weird because they don't play baseball, and at the time we needed someone to play baseball. So yeah, um, I think I think Robert Morris can make a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think I, from a, I, and I think by the way, I think if if Robert Morris becomes the the twelfth Horizon League member, I think. From a travel standpoint, I think we do finally get to a point where we're breaking this conference down to divisions, where we're going to have two 16 divisions. And then from a travel standpoint, you're not going to be like an Eastern division and a Western division. And you're not going to see, I don't really see where you'd have much, you wouldn't be traveling as frequently, is what I'm saying. So okay. I think if that is the case, then I think that's what's going to happen. From a fit standpoint, I think the MAAC is probably a better fit, but at the same time, I think I think they also probably look at at the Horizon League as if they are looking to tap into. But again, look at look at the makeup of the Horizon League schools. They're all in major, with the exception of Green Bay and Youngstown. They're all in the major markets, and obviously Robert Morris is in the Pittsburgh area. So it may, from a, from kind of a geographical standpoint, it makes sense. And like it, like you said, you know, Robert Morris is like maybe an hour away from, maybe an hour away from Youngstown. So, and I know Youngstown State fan is excited to, you know, get them, you know, have to get to play them twice a year, because you know they, I think they're basically already contracted to play them, you know, once a year, quite frequently. Cleveland State as well. So it, it makes sense from that standpoint. I'd be very interested in seeing if how that fits with some of their other sports, because as you mentioned, they do have other sports. One of them is football, and the other one is lacrosse. So I don't know how that's going to fit with those two sports that they're involved with. 
It's also interesting or, because they, Oh, go ahead. Or and and by the way, or and I'd like to point this out as well because they are they play they are a lacrosse school. So is Cleveland State. So is Detroit Mercy. Is this the first step of an eventual Horizon League lacrosse uh, Horizon League sponsored lacrosse? Is it? I don't know. That's a good question. Do we get to? Is that going to be where we get to that point? Maybe. I don't know. The other person that would be really excited probably to see them would be Detroit Mercy because that would add another private university back to the Horizon League, which is something, you know, right now it's a lot of public universities in Detroit. So to add Robert Morris for them might might look real nice. Yeah, no kidding. They, they, they would love a friend. And, you know, like you said, that there is the lacrosse thing. Um, I I'm sure a lot of the other schools maybe aren't playing it as a varsity sport, but they might have good club teams. I know Oakland does have club club lacrosse, um, things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's possible that it could become something for the horizon league. I'm not sure if the league is ready. You know, I, I keep worrying that finances for, for everybody is going to be an issue. So the idea of adding another varsity sport for some of these schools scares me. Um, I, I think it's much more likely that we see them play as, members of another conference for just these little one-off sports. Well, that's the other thing too. We don't know when Robert Morris would actually join the horizon. If they're planning to join the horizon in 21, 22, the financial outlook could be completely different than it is right now. This year is obviously crap. Next year could be a whole different ballgame. So we could be having a whole different conversation about finances specifically as it relates to all these schools this time next year. It's true. You know, it's, it's it's hard to tell where things are headed. We know where it's headed right now, but is that the the full outlook or is that just going to be a temporary, you know, blip? We're, we're, we just don't know. And I think a lot of programs are, are struggling right now. I mean, we know that's the case. We're going to talk about one in particular here in a few moments, but, um, but I don't know if that's necessarily everybody. It's just, it's hard to tell, you know, I, I can, you know, Oakland added their esports team for this year and they haven't backed down from that. That is full throttle going. And, that, that was actually really big news here that not only were they adding that, but adding that as the sport at a time where a lot of schools are cutting programs and they, they added one. And that was, that was pretty cool to see, you know, they were one of the first in Michigan to add that. So it's hard to tell if other, other places are ready to, to make that investment or what the, the landscape's going to be here in a year or two. So, yeah, I think since we're talking about this, we might as well just uh, jump into this obviously because, um, yeah, it's Wright State. <laughs> so yeah, while some schools are adding sports, Wright State decided to cut three of them. Three of them, yeah. Three of them. It was uh, men's and women's tennis and uh, softball. Softball, yeah. Which you know. So, um, and I like to point it out, and that's not good on a lot of different levels. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the Division One thing in a minute, but this is one thing that I didn't realize either. Because remember, too, that Green Bay also dropped tennis this year as well. Um, the Horizon League only has five men's tennis teams now. That is, a, that, is all, that is bad news for the tennis programs in the Horizon League right now, that they only have five teams. Is it so, like other sports where you need six to, to for I believe NCAA? It is, yes. yes, it is. They had seven, and now they're down to, I guess they're down to five. So... Um, and I don't think, uh, I do not believe Fort Wayne has tennis. 
So hmm. that is not good. That that I'll is not. Check, but I'm pretty right. sure, I'm pretty sure they don't have tennis. Well, we'll double check that. But yeah, that's I mean, if you're a school that is cutting sports right now, and we get it, things are bad. But that it's just such a terrible look. And you know, we've seen a lot of issues out of Wright State. We've we saw their teachers on strike a year ago. Now we're cutting sports all over the place. And I mean. Uh, for a school that's so and big, this into isn't baseball. the first time either. Remember, they they cut swimming three years ago, so this they, isn't the first time. You know, and, they're a yeah, like like you said, school. they have had some real issues in terms of their finances. This well, it's pretty well documented. Not to mention the fact that the faculty, the faculty recently went on strike, and this is, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this was the last academic year that this happened. So, um. Where it's 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 an interesting juxtaposition where you have Wright State as a men's basketball program and a women's basketball program, I might add, both of those teams doing extremely well, and then just under the surface, everything else is going to hell. That's 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 crazy. And at some point, you have to address you know what we consider the elephant in the room, where if you're cutting sports and you're having all these financial issues, but you have a coach with your men's basketball program and Scott Nagy, who's making what 500, right? Isn't that what we've learned where he's at? Yep. So he's making 500 a year. Where's that money coming from and why? And is that really the best choice for the entire university? And at some point that, that has to be addressed. I would think, I mean, if, if I'm a softball player, I'm pissed right now that all of a sudden, I guess I have a scholarship, but I don't have anywhere to play, but, but the men's basketball coach is going to make 500,000 a year. How, how does that happen? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it reminds me almost of the time. Um, it was a slightly different situation, but Tyrone Willingham got fired from Washington. Washington cut multiple sports that just so happened to be what his buyout was in terms of their annual budget. Um, and, you know, it's a situation, I mean, you're obviously you're creating a situation where people who want to continue to play the sport now have to leave a school that, you know, I'm guessing a lot of them love and that that's frustrating. And then there's the trickle down where at some point someone's not getting a scholarship that they otherwise would have gotten because a basketball coach needs to, you know, make that money. That's that doesn't sit well with me. And I mean, let's be real. He's not just the basketball coach, but he's not. I mean, Sorry, he he's the basketball coach, but it's not like he's the NCAA, you know, tournament coach. He, 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 they're not winning, you know, like he, time time's running running short there. They they weren't set to play this year in the NCAA tournament, you know. If he if he's taking them there every year, okay, I, I mean maybe you can make the the argument that they make so much money in the tournament and they make it in media and all this other stuff, but you got to win at that point. If you're making that kind of money and you're cut, you're seeing other sports cut and, and kids losing scholarship or not getting future scholarships and, and kids leaving the university to still play their sport, all these things, like you said, it's a trickle down. And I mean, you got to win. And, and he, I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. And we've always said, well, there must be, you know, a private donor that's holding this up. And if, again, if I'm a right state athlete right now, that all of a sudden doesn't have a team, I'm asking a lot of questions and looking for answers because that's that can't sit well for those guys well that's kind of the least of their problems right now they also have to deal with the ncaa too because you have to remember that they're down to 11 sports right now 11 sports in the division one minimum 
is 14. So now they have to go to the NCAA and they have to pres- they have to file a waiver. And so the good news for them is that a school that is in a similar situation as Wright State, Central Michigan, recently had their waiver approved. And so therefore, um, the prospects of Wright State having their waiver approved are pretty good. That said, I should point out the fact that one of the stipulations of Central Michigan getting their waiver is that within two years, by 2022, they have to add sports. And that's the question you start asking. If Wright State gets their waiver, and if the NCAA decides that to grant that waiver on the stipulation of that, uh, that they have to add sports in, are they going to have the ability to do that? I mean, I can't even think of what, you know, like you said, there has to be a plan, but how do you cut these kids and then say, okay, we're coming back in two years or whatever. Like, I, I would love to see how Central Michigan laid out their plan to the NCAA to show them that this is going to be okay. Because I'm sure Wright State is going to pretty much just copy and paste their work and hope that the teacher doesn't notice. That would be my guess. That would be me. That actually would be my guess for a lot of schools and a lot of Mac schools, I'm sure, because uh, that <laughs> Mac, the Mac just got hammered with this with the coronavirus and you know the and the you know the issues and their issues with football. It's a weird situation with the Mac, which is a whole other animal than the and then the Horizon League. But still, it's 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 not a good look for at least for for the Mac. Um, Horizon League again in a different situation. And but again, the question lingers. If they put this, if they if they get this, they get this waiver approved, and they get the, you know on the stipulation of a plan moving forward, are they going to be able? Are they going to have the ability to to realize that plan? Are we going to be sitting here two years from now, looking at Wright State, and are we going to see a situation where Wright State is still having financial issues and can't fulfill the promise that they made to the NCAA? And I'm a little concerned that that's uh, I'm a little concerned about that. I mean, if, if I'm a Wright State fan right now, I'm very concerned about that. I'll take it a step further. If I'm a Wright State fan, I could see a situation where this year Scott Nagy coaches, and then at the end of the year when Loudon Love graduates and everything, that Scott Nagy does the the university a favor and and takes a job somewhere else. But that's going to leave them starting back over. And it might actually work better, you know, now they can hire one of these young coaches, kind of like we talked about earlier, and make pay them a lot less to kind of rebuild. But it's going to be just that. It's going to be a rebuild instead of having a coach like Scott Nagy, you know, who can maybe just turn it right around without any blip, without any, any, any hiccup in the system, you know. So the right state's going to be something to watch, not just in basketball, but just as, as, as a school. I mean, like we said, the, the teachers were on strike recently. Um Things are kind of a mess there right now. And, you know, we we like to give, you know, all of our Detroit Mercy fans, uh, you know, a little trouble and joke with them about going Div 2, Div 3, all these NAIA, whatever. But, you know, Wright State, you're you're on watch right now because as, as, a, as a university, things are trouble, you know, especially when you look at athletics and the way things are going right now. But... Well, actually, you know what? And I just I'm, I'm looking at the de- uh, and I'll be honest, I'm looking at the depth chart with Wright State, and I mean they could have an issue, but also too, and I just looked at this and I'm like, all right, maybe maybe they won't have as many issues as you, you think because 
Yeah, well, think about this for a second. The, the senior, the the one senior, they have one senior right. They're going to have one senior next year. Loud and love. Everybody sure. else is like uh, going to be a junior low lower. I mean, they're bringing in. They got the they got the new kid the the kid Tim Binky, who's coming in who's a transfer. They got James Mann, Jalen Hall, Trey Calvin, you know, Grant Basili. I mean, these kids are you know they're all underclassmen. So I mean, maybe there's not as big a drop off. But at the same time, as you mentioned, maybe Scott Maggie decides, okay, maybe you know I've left it. I've left the I've left Wright State in a good place. Now I'm going to go off to wherever I'm going to go off to, just like he did with South Dakota State. There is precedence for him to do that. So whether that happens or not, who's to say? John, you sounded like you had something else you wanted to chime in on that. Yeah, um, they definitely had an outstanding, obviously, freshman class this past year. The one thing that I'd say is with the one-time transfer waiver, or with the transfer waiver in general being talked about, um, you know, if it, it depends on what the move is, I guess. If he's going to, you know, um, God, Illinois. Okay, probably not likely, but say Big Ten school. Um, then yeah, maybe a lot of the guys can't come with him, but say he goes to an Atlantic 10 school now, all of a sudden, okay, that's not, that's a big jump, but it's not, you know, insurmountable. It's not like Tanner Holden couldn't play in the big or in the Atlantic 10, you know, right out of the gate and be a serious contributor. So that's definitely something that I've kind of got my eyes on for. Yeah, it makes sense. And I guess, you know, I, I've, so used to thinking of Wright State as loud and love and everybody else so it's, it's easy for me to forget that there are other players that can play on that team and you know some of those younger guys will will be able to contribute going forward you know it's just it's just that that team has and been they did last year because remember because remember when loud and love was out who stepped up for him <laughs> grandpa silly, grandpa silly. that's <laughs> and, right yeah and he's only he's gonna only be a sophomore next year but and by the way um let's not forget that um Let's not forget if John Brennan is any uh, indication. There may be some people who follow Scott Nagy wherever he goes, a la Chris Vogt. Just kind of throwing that out there. Is he still looking for a top five pick? Is that, is that happening? I haven't heard from him in a minute. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> but no, but again, yeah, this is a. But again, we're we're kind of speculating at this point. I mean, for all we know, you know, I don't know. I, I this would probably be again. This is probably contingent upon, you know, Scott Nagy winning another winning another Horizon League tournament and getting into the NCAA's again. I think it. I think a lot is contingent upon that, and I wouldn't be, you know, counting my chickens before they hatch. I mean, really, isn't this whole podcast just Horizon League speculation anyway? We're really good, getting much, good. Yeah. I mean, not 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 entirely. We I don't know. We've done a lot of stuff this week. We've actually done a lot of stuff in the last month that you know we haven't had a we haven't had a good podcast where you could just pull stuff out of our asses. And today is a good day to do that. Today is the day for just pulling it out. Yeah, because we're gonna be because again we're gonna be back on uh we're gonna be back on you know having guests on again next episode. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> What were you trying to say there, John? Oh, it just feels like we're a couple layers deeper on, you know, down the rabbit hole than normal, but <laughs> it's all good. 
Yep, sounds about right. That's what it had been well, like. We had, to be, we, had to be a, well, we had to be a little extra this episode because we haven't had an opportunity to be extra in the previous in the last month. So we're just kind of leaning in on it now. I mean, we don't even have a coach on or anything today. I mean, we're talking about speculation with Robert Morris, and I mean, this is like old times all of a sudden, just kind of speculating and just guessing, and like you said, going down the rabbit hole, and we'll see where we end up. I mean, in these uncertain times, can you blame us? You know what? It's been a nice little break. Um, I I really wish we could have done the full episode I was hoping to today. Um, And like I said, I really want to get some athletes on because I think it's important. And uh, hopefully we can do that sometime this week and and do that. But otherwise, it's been nice to at least talk about these other things. So they definitely needed to be addressed. And hey, Green Bay's got a coach. So we're, we're back to where we always are, which is wondering if IUPUI is going to make a move and uh, everyone else doing basketball things. (laughs) Once again, here you go. Bob, anything else from you? If not, I'm going to wrap this. No, go ahead and wrap this up. Um, You know, obviously we're, uh, obviously you know where to find us. You know, you know, we, we did this whole spiel already. (laughs) You know where to find us. Listen to us. Bob usually says something about your device. Do that. Yep. Next week we got Brian Kuklinski. We'll be talking about the new head coach at Green Bay. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Maybe we, it won't be so much speculation. I bet you he probably has some answers and can tell us a couple things. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. That's well, I'm banking. I am banking on that. That sounds like the kind of episode I'd want to listen to if I'm already listening to this one. I'm looking forward to like real information from from someone in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. This is this is by the way this has been weird just the fact that you've been doing you've been kind of running this and I haven't it's kind of weird for me but you know whatever you know what it's good to keep you on on your toes a little bit Bob I yeah like I said this is the you know, the, the circumstances on my end being as they may so well <laughs> I'm glad we were able to get one in you thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon.